Letter ninety three of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Sir Alexander Duff Gordon, Luxor, December thirty first, eighteen sixty six. Dearest Alec, I meant to have sent you a long yarn by a steamer which went the other day, but I have been in my bed. The weather set in colder than I ever felt it here, and I have been very unwell for some time. Dr. Osman Ibrahim, a friend of mine, an elderly man who studied in Paris in Muhammad Ali's time, wants me to spend the summer up here and take sand-baths, i.e., bury myself up to the chin in the hot sand, and to get a Dongola slave to rub me. A most fascinating derwish from Esna gave me the same advice. He wanted me to go and live near him at Esna, and let him treat me. I wish you could see Sheikh Salim. He is a sort of remnant of the Memluk Bays, a Circassian who has inherited his master's property up at Esna, and married his master's daughter. The master was one of the bays, also a slave inheriting from his master. Well, after being a terrible shaitan after drink, women, etc., Salim has repented and become a man of pilgrimage and prayer and perpetual fasting, but he has retained the exquisite grace and charm of manner, which must have made him irresistible in his shaitan days, and also the beautifully delicate style of dress a dove-coloured cloth siba over a pale blue silk kaftan, a turban like a snowdrift, under which flowed the silky fair hair and beard, and the dainty white hands under the long muslin shirt-sleeve made a picture, and such a smile, and such ready graceful talk. Sheikh Yusuf brought him to me as a sort of doctor, and also to try and convert me on one point. Some Christians had made Yusuf quite miserable, by telling him of the doctrine that all unbaptized infants went to eternal fire, and, as he knew that I had lost a child very young, it weighed on his mind that perhaps I fretted about this, and so he could not refrain from trying to convince me that God was not so cruel and unjust as the Nazarene priests represented him, and that all infants whatsoever, as well as ignorant persons, were to be saved. Would that I could take the cruel air out of the minds of all the hundreds and thousands of poor Christian mothers who must be tortured by it, said he, and let them understand that their dead babies are with him who sent and took them. I own I did not resent this interference with my orthodoxy, especially as it is the only one I ever knew Yusuf to attempt. Dr. Osman is a lecturer in the Cairo School of Medicine, a sharif, and eminently a gentleman. He came up in the passenger steamer and called on me and spent all his spare time with me. I liked him better than the bewitching derwish Salim. He is so like my old love, Don Quixote. He was amazed and delighted at what he heard here about me. Ah, madame, on vous aime comme une soeur, et on vous respecte comme une reine, cela rejoute la cour des honnêtes gens de voir tous les préjugés oubliés et détruits à ce point. We had no end of talk. Osman is the only Arab I know who has read a good deal of European literature and history, and is able to draw comparisons. He said, Vous seul dans toute l'Egypte connaissez le peuple et comprenez ce que s'y passe. Tous les autres Européens ne savent absolument rien que les déroux. Il n'y a que vous qui ayez inspiré la confiance qu'il faut pour connaître la vérité. Of course, this is between ourselves, I tell you, but I don't want to boast of the kind thoughts people have of me, simply because I am decently civil to them. In Egypt we are eaten up with taxes. There is not a penny left to any one. 
The taxes for the whole year eight months in advance have been levied, as far as they can be beaten out of the miserable people. I saw one of the poor dancing girls the other day, there are three in Luxor, and she told me how cruel the new tax on them is. It is left to the discretion of the official who farms it to make each woman pay according to her presumed gains, i.e., her good looks, and thus the poor women are exposed to all the caprices and extortions of the police. This last new tax has excited more disgust than any. We now know the name of our ruler, said a fellow who had just heard of it. He is Mawash Pasha. I won't translate, but it is a terrible epithet when uttered in a tone which gives it the true meaning, though in a general way the commonest word of abuse to a donkey or a boy or to any other cattle. The wages of prostitution are unclean, and this tax renders all government salaries unlawful according to strict law. The capitation tax, too, which was remitted for three years on the Pasha's ascension to the people of Cairo, Alexandria, Damietta, and Rashid, is now called for. Omar will have to pay about eight pounds back tax, which he had fondly imagined himself excused from. You may conceive the distress this must cause among artisans, etc., who have spent their money and forgotten it, and feel cheated out of the blessings they then bestowed on the Pasha. As to that, they will take out the change in curses." There was a meeting here the other day of the Kadi, Sheikh el-Belid, and other notables to fix the amount of tax each man was to pay towards the increased police tax, and the old Sharif at the end spoke up, and said he had heard that one man had asked me to lend him money, and that he hoped such a thing would not happen again. Every one knew I had heavy expenses this year, and most likely had not much money that my heart was soft, and that as every one was in distress it would be breaking my head, and in short, that he should think it unmanly if any one tried to trouble a lone woman with his troubles. I did offer one man two pounds that he might not be forced to run away to the desert, but he refused it, and said, I had better go at once and rob out there, and not turn rogue against thee. Never could I repay it. The people are running away in all directions." When the mulid of the sheikh came, the whole family, Abul Hajjaj, could only raise six hundred and twenty piastres among them to buy the buffalo cow, which, by custom, strong as the laws of the Medes and Persians, must be killed for the strangers who come, and a buffalo cow is worth one thousand piastres. So the stout old sharif, aged eighty-seven, took his staff and the six hundred and twenty piastres, and sallied forth to walk to Erment and see what God would send them and a charitable woman in her mint did give a buffalo cow for the six hundred and twenty piastres, and he drove her home the twenty miles rejoicing. There has been a burglary over at Gerna, an unheard-of event. Some men broke into the house of the Coptic Gabit, tax-gatherer, and stole the money-box containing about sixty purses, over one hundred and fifty pounds. The Gabit came to me sick with the fright which gave him jaundice, and about eight men are gone in chains to Kenna on suspicion. Haji Baba, too, a Turkish kawas, is awfully bilious. He says he is sick from beating men, and it's no use. You can't coin money on their backs and feet when they haven't a para in the world. Altogether every one is gloomy, and many desperate. I never saw the aspect of a population so changed. January 1, 1867 God bless you, dearest Alec, and grant you many good years more. I must finish this to go to-morrow by the steamer. I would give a great deal to see you again, but when will that be? End of letter 93. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. 
For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.